3: You're listening to episode 143, where myself, Connor, I'm joined by my two co-hosts today, Jared Bones Bradford.
0: It's a great day.
3: And Corey Mueller.
2: Here I am.
3: We're here podcasting on a Sunday, which is fun for us. But before we jump in really quickly, I want to invite all of our listeners to head over to iTunes podcast and consider leaving us a rating and review. It takes less than a minute. And the more ratings we receive, the more listeners we can reach. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So since we're here on a Sunday, Bones, what's your favorite Sunday activity?
0: Oh, my favorite Sunday activity? I like the idea of my favorite Sunday activity more than I actually like doing it because... The night before is like, I'm, we're going to get up early. And we're going to go for a walk and have a matcha <laughs> coffee and take the dogs for a walk. And this Sunday was a disaster oh. uh, because we got up early. It's not a disaster. Not literally. It was just like, you know, you have this idea of like, ah, peaceful. And then like you get outside and like the matcha is like didn't dissolve that well. And then Millie and Ryder just like crisscrossing everywhere walking and like shitting five different times <laughs> on the grass and like, okay, I only have so many bags and I don't want to pick up poop. I'm trying to drink my undissolved matcha. And uh then I stepped on Jess's foot on accident. And it's just like, you know <laughs> Man, Sounds this like was way sketch. better in my this was way better in my head. But uh I like I like that we did it and uh, you know, it turned out to be just fine. So I would say a nice Sunday morning walk. Yeah. Um is is my favorite
2: i like to take the matcha powder and just snort it that's kind of my oh. favorite thing
0: to do so you could also um go outside in the morning too and take some fresh grass and just put it in your blender and that's, <laughs> that's basically the same, the same, same thing, thing. <laughs> just some water like tap water and grass and that's what mm-hmm. it is so yeah.
1: and if any <laughs> of you guys
2: are curious we do have a uh, whole episode about the benefits of matcha so go back
0: and listen to that yeah uh connor what's yours what's your favorite Sunday?
3: Oh, my favorite, my favorite Sunday. I like a slow morning. And a a slow morning is where you don't set an alarm. You just wake up whenever your body is ready to wake up. Go into the kitchen, make a cup of coffee. You lounge, you lounge on the couch. Why are you laughing yeah. at me? <laughs> I'm just,
2: I'm just, I'm laughing because I'm none thinking, of that happened like, today. None no, of that I, happened I, today, I'm, I'm assuming. <laughs> My typical Sunday morning is like waking up out of a whiskey stupor. Like, oh. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> at 6 a.m. Get me in the shower now. <laughs> Do you have an ibuprofen?
0: <laughs> Oh, we don't have any. Oh, man. We don't believe in painkillers. Just go outside and sit as the morning (laughs) sunrise starts to cook your body. And you're just like, ah. Yeah. yeah, That's kind of how, like, better. Yeah.
2: Haven't been drinking as much lately and had one too many last night. And that's how it felt. That's
0: that's your Sunday morning. Connor's Sunday morning is nice and cozy. And yeah, I know very <laughs> pleasant. She sits I on the porch. I was just thinking about the contrast. And, yeah. The contrast of yours and hers. Yeah.
1: Just. <laughs>
3: yes.
2: But no morning but, can ever be as bad as the one we had in Chicago, St. Patrick's
0: day. So <laughs> there's that. Well, well, hey, you don't want to. Maybe wanna someday we'll share that, that story. <laughs> Maybe.
3: Babe, what's your ideal Sunday morning?
2: Yeah, I in a perfect world, not waking up with a massive headache and uh, feeling—I mean, feeling rested—is nice. But uh, last week we had like damn near the perfect day. So here, like, we went out and I went hiking, scouting for like four hours, and I had my bow and whatnot, and that was awesome. And then we had lunch at Mama Lou's, and we had ice cream at Interlocking State Park, birthday cake ice cream. And, yeah, I mean, that's kind of like my ideal Sunday. You go out for a little bit, do something with with a friend, and then we go and have some mamaloos or whatever and spend some time together and then end
0: it with some ice cream. Yeah, that sounds solid. Yeah. You yeah. mentioned uh, being well-rested and ready. I've been wearing the aura Ring. Have you guys ever heard of the aura? It's like the whoop. You know the Whoop is. Mm-hmm. I heard the Aura ring is like
2: a. It's like the Apple Watch, but it doesn't track your movements, and the government can't watch you.
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. I think they can still tra- track you and uh, sell you yeah. stuff, but it, you wear it on a finger because it's a ring, and uh, so yeah, it's like a little bit more. Supposed to they say more accurate than the Whoop because it's more sensitive on your finger to the heartbeat or something like that. I can't remember totally. This is not an ad for Aura, but. Uh, I've been wearing it for a while. I've been curious and, about it anyway
2: because I know you've been wearing it.
0: Yeah, it's really nice. It's the first trackable I've ever worn. Jess used to wear the Whoop. Now we're both on Oura ring. It's it's just like cool. So it really, it's really good at tracking sleep and tracking readiness. And uh, so it's interesting because for the first month and a half, I was just doing like CrossFit like three days a week, honestly, and just trying to survive with that. And my readiness would always be like tanked in the morning, mm-hmm. and then would go up on days I wouldn't do it. So then. This past week, I switched my programming to like more just strength building and cardio twice a day. More like monostructural, like all right, let's bike and row and jump rope and stuff, mm-hmm. and not like barbells. And like my readiness and my l- resting heart rate have been like so much lower at night. And my sleep is better, um, and I feel like way better waking up, which is like very interesting um, to so, me. So I'm t- I'm uh, I'm titilated.
2: I I have a question. Okay. So your aura ring. Um, so I like I have the, the I have experience with an Apple watch. I don't have experience with any other type of fitness tracker. Sure. An Apple watch. You can like track your workouts um, specifically the aura ring and it like tracks your heart rate and all this junk. Yeah. So the aura ring. I know whoop is like recovery and sleep. What is the does the aura ring track heart rate? Does it track workouts? Does it or do, is it just like a sleepy sure. heart rate or whatever? I don't know. Whatever.
0: What is the So it's way more intuitive and in depth and detailed than just an Apple Watch. So Whoop kind of does the same thing. It's just a different type of wearable. That's a wrist wear, and this is a a finger ring. Yeah. So yeah, it tracks heart rate, resting heart rate, sleeping heart rate, uh, heart rate variance. Um, It tracks your blood oxygen saturation, your uh, Hmm. your your breathing rate, your temperature change throughout the night. So what's what's also interesting? Why I kind of was like, oh, this is like legit. Just started wearing it for about two weeks and then her resting heart rate and her temperature like spiked one night Mm. and uh, she woke up and she's like i don't feel too good and uh you know her resting when you get sick your resting heart rate will go up because you're fighting a virus and you're you'll throw a temperature because you're you know you have a virus she ended up having covid again Mm -hmm. and it didn't detect like you have covid but it was like but something is wrong something's wrong with you right now and mm-hmm. she tested that day, and she was positive for COVID again the same year. It's so sort of like a
2: check engine light for your body. Yeah,
0: yeah kind of. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and also interesting, I'll tell you, my readiness also tanked two weeks ago when I had an alcoholic beverage on a mm-hmm. Saturday night. And Sunday, hmm. I was like plummeted, like it went down a lot. And uh, that's now, when you say readiness, well. is, it based,
2: is it like a percentage? So like at 100%, you are ready to rock and roll. Can, and at 50%, yeah. you're
0: not. <laughs> yeah. Basically, they give you a score and it's based on your heart rate variance, resting heart rate, temperature, and mm. your overall activity the day prior. And the, the week prior, really. So, yeah, it gives you a score based on that. And a lot of things affect it. Now... Um,
2: This is partially, so part of the Apple Watch thing, I'm sorry, I'm asking a lot of questions because I'm very interested. I'm intrigued by this. Um, Part of the reason I like the Apple Watch is because it tracks your workouts and you can go back and like, oh, I, you know, did this on this day or whatever. With the ring, with with the ring, Precious, um, does that also track workouts or is that just um, Mm -hmm. tracking, you know, your... Well, your heart rate spiked so you were working out, you know what I mean? Like Yeah, can, you can track workouts. Cool. There's
0: uh biking, walking, running, cross training. It's not great at actually tracking CrossFit, but it's really good at tracking movement, distance. So I have two biking, more, walking stuff. Two like more that. questions. Yeah. And then I'm yes. going to be
2: done on the Aura ring. Yeah, the, uh, okay. Does it get in the way? Like is it uh that's like trying to grab a barbell or whatever? Cuz that's my biggest thing. I wear this uh like rubber ring most of the time are you married uh yeah married i got a wife you know what i'm saying (laughs) nice nice bro yeah yeah she she real hot you know (laughs) oh okay uh so that's my biggest thing about a ring like i would wear a real ring but it just gets kind of in the way so the aura ring is it bulky is it like do you notice you're like oh that's annoying or do you just kind of get used to it
0: yeah, I don't like wearing stuff. So the first probably two weeks of the Aura Ring, I was like, this is annoying. It doesn't feel like it's mm. staying on my finger. Uh, I got used to it. My finger swells and goes down, and the ring is harder and easier to get off, just like any ring, I guess. But the yeah. thing that does kind of suck, as far as actual crossfit, it, it is a bit bulky, and it's not the most comfortable to wear. So if mm. you see that right there, yeah, yeah that, the that guy, I just, I just showed you guys my hand. Uh, so, there's a blood blister because I was wearing it on my finger during like a toe to bar pull up workout. Ah, and it like kind of like kept rubbing and pushing. I see. So, I switched it to this finger. So, yeah, it is a bit uncomfortable holding a barbell, but not too bad. More importantly, it's uncomfortable holding for pull ups and kipping pull ups and things like that. So, I usually just take it off. Yeah. I would, the biggest concern that I have with it, I'm super intrigued
2: by it, but like work related. Um, We deal with a lot of dangerous equipment on a fairly regular basis, and um, the watch is nice because it's out of the way, and the silicone rings are nice because you can just cut them off with a pair of scissors or or whatever, Um, and it doesn't pose a risk of, you know, you losing a finger, essentially. Um, So, last question, and then we can move on from this. This was totally unscripted. (laughs) How much does it cost?
0: This is great. Okay, so... I would agree with you that don't wear it around uh, heavy equipment that can rip your finger off. Because there are, like, I reddited it and, like, I reddited it, but I put on, looked reddited on Reddit it. crossfitters with, you know, aura ring. And they're like, yeah, you know, not really. It's uncomfortable. Like, I've had people been degloved or, like, de-sleeved their finger from mm. different things. And it's a hard yeah. ring, right? So, it's hard plastic. It's I don't have it on right now. It's charging. So, yeah, I wouldn't wear it for that. What was your question? How much? How much, how much are, are is they? it? Yeah. So it's the silver one is two ninety nine, mm. and that includes six months free of the app, and then the app is six dollars a month after that. Um, you can get different colors. You can get a black band or a, like a matte black for, for three ninety nine. I just got a silver one. I didn't yeah. care. Yeah. And uh, you can pay that off. So I'm paying that off over six months. Like they offer like a zero percent thing for almost everybody. I think and uh, it's like 30 bucks a month for 6 months and then the rings paid off and then it's 6 bucks a month for the app. Yeah. And that's cheaper than Whoop over long term if you're serious about tracking over the next year or two. Whoop right. is like 30 bucks a month and the wearable is free, but the app is $30 mm-hmm. a month. So that's why I like it. Gotcha. So long term it's better play. Yeah.
2: yeah. I'm I'm interested. I I like the idea of having more accurate data. I don't love mm-hmm. the idea of having a, a hard ring on my finger. You know, when I'm not mm-hmm. working, it's fine. But again, like you're talking about, like it's really kind of uh, just uncomfortable when you're trying to work out. But yeah. Can you,
3: can you wear it as a toe ring? (laughs) Oh,
0: that's a great question. I have no idea. They give you a sizing kit. So I would imagine maybe. Yeah. Would it pick
3: up your, like your HRV and your heart rate on your, on your toe? Well, your pulse goes (laughs) into your feet
0: because there's blood flow, right? Yeah. I am thinking of like patients that I see, and they all have like horrible circulation, and their feet are just all swollen. Mm, and like mm-hmm. them, definitely not. But yeah, uh, maybe maybe if you got big toe, yeah, they could fit a ring okay. or a really small ring. Yeah, yeah,
3: that's cool. I I used to wear a whoop, and yeah. I know a lot of people that wore whoops. But then something that you did is you actually took the data and the feedback that you were given. And you adjusted your programming.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: What I will say is, most people wear a whoop, and they just go, "Fuck, I'm in the red today." <laughs> oh well, let's go totally. to CrossFit. <laughs> huh. Let's go lift heavy. Let's.
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: They don't let's make get any... some
0: caffeine and call it good, huh? Yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> well, I'm gonna go run a marathon. They don't make any changes. Yeah. <laughs> so.
0: Yeah, I w- and then that's that's such an important thing, and I, I've mentioned that too, and I've called it out. Is that like. Why spend all that money on something if you're not going to use the mm-hmm. data towards your yeah. benefit? Like mm-hmm. that's what it's there for. And it really does change. So like one morning I woke up at like 6:30 and my readiness was like tanked and I got like 6 hours of sleep and it was like it was just a shit morning so far. So I was like I'm not going to work out. And I went back to bed and took another hour and a half in bed asleep and then my readiness was like way up. Yeah. And so amazing. just that extra sleep and it, it it can calculate your REM sleep and deep sleep too which is mm. interesting. Um, so, yeah, it's, I think that the, just the sleeping part is so beneficial to me because I love sleep and it's really important to me. And uh, the readiness. So even if, Corey, like you have an activity like throughout the day, like you, like, you got to run a chainsaw now and like you could easily slip it off if you remember um, and you could still get your steps in overall at work. But I wish that they would come out with like a silicone version. Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to say as soon as Aura
2: Ring people, if, if you're listening give me that silicone shit we'll call it the ranger yeah yeah that'd be great Speaking of uh, elevated heart rates, I'll tell you what gets my heart rate extremely elevated is when I take a trip to Apsi Farms in Reed City, Michigan, the rolling green grasses and the cows grazing on green grasses just gets me very excited about planet Earth and the prospects of regeneration. So here's what you need to do. Go to ApsiFarms.com, build yourself a meat bundle. And then, when you go to check out, use code WARRIOR10 for 10% off your first order. It's good for you, it's good for the planet, and it's good for your family. It's good for the animals that you're supporting, good for the farmers that you're supporting. And if you can't get Apsi Farms where you live, go to eatwild.org and find a local pasture farm and support local. Buy from a real person. Stop buying those Tyson chicken nuggos. Shit's giving you cancer. ApsiFarms.com, ApsiFarms on Instagram, ApsiFarms on Facebook. Do it
1: now.
3: Back to the show.
0: That was awesome. Eh? Eh?
3: We're going to have an interesting conversation around effort and perceived effort. And Corey was the one that brought this topic up. And before we get into the meat and potatoes of the episode, I'm curious to understand and hear some examples of a time when you told yourself a lie, an untruth, about how much effort you put into something.
2: So this has sort of been a common... theme. I think throughout, especially my adult life, uh, um, growing up being a part of athletics and having a lot of pressure put on for, uh, athletic performance and stuff like that. I used to oftentimes, you know, you like to tell people, it's fun to tell people that you work out and that you try to stay fit and whatever. And part of that was my own self-esteem because I've always been a bigger guy. I've always, you know, been a little hefty. And part of the thing that makes that okay is the fact that, well, I can go to the gym and I can push big weights around. And so that's, it's been sort of a way to, the perceived effort of that justifies my, or maybe was my lack of fitness. So, and I, I did that throughout most of my young adult uh teenage years that was that was just kind of how it went i identified as somebody who stayed fit who was able to complete hard tasks um but that wasn't always the truth but i would tell people about it like it was and a couple of weeks ago i think bones and i probably had this conversation going it might have been about a month ago um i had been sitting on this for a few weeks and i had been sort of reflecting on it and I had the realization that I was repeating this cycle again. So the, if if none of you or if some of you haven't listened to this podcast in the past or don't know us all that well yet, um, I've been on a journey to get more healthy over the last few years. I've lost about 50 pounds. I've my mental game has changed quite a bit. But I, I went to therapy for a few years. But that being said, it's really easy for me to fall into these pitholes. So the conversation I had with Bones was I think. I'm doing less than I actually believe that I'm doing. I'm convincing myself that I am doing more than I am. And then I question why I'm not making gains, why I'm not continuing to lose weight or get stronger or whatever, because the conversation was focused around, you know, why my workouts aren't feeling good, why I can't lift more weight or what, I I mean, that's how it sort of started. And then it was the realization of like, man, I'm going to the gym like once or twice a week. And I've been doing that for a month or two. Um, I not you know, so there were times where maybe I went three times or whatever. And so that moment of awareness and clarity, uh, was kind of tough. It was a tough pill to swallow. And I thought like, man, who am I? Like, I like to tell people again at work. I'm a I'm a ranger at work. I do a lot of physically active stuff, and I like to tell people that I work out outside of work and I work hard. And I was full of shit for a little bit there, and that was like I said, that was a tough pill to swallow. So that was some of the background about how this sort of came about um, in my life previous, and then recently um, the sort of the, the the trap that I fell back into.
3: Yeah. So earlier, earlier in your life, when you were growing up, it was almost this unconscious effort to boost self esteem because you wanted to paint, you wanted to paint a certain image to others.
2: Yeah. Yep. As a bigger person, it's easier to justify being maybe Mm. like overweight by, Mm -hmm. like I said, like I go to the gym and I push big weights around. Like that that was mm-hmm. sort of the justification of realistically being unhealthy. Like couldn't run a mile in less than ten minutes, can't do a pull up, like probably not all that healthy, can't do more than five or ten push ups, like actual good push ups. Mm-hmm. Um and so am I really healthy, or is it the perception of health or the mm-hmm. perception of effort?
3: Yeah. You were choosing to highlight your strength. I'm naturally more built. So I'm going to tell people how strong I am.
2: Yeah, like it, it was always fun to tell, like I can go and power clean 245 and deadlift 400 pounds and yeah. whatever. And then when we had to do any body weight movement, it was a complete joke. And I would justify it like, well, it's just not my thing. I'm just not good at it. I remember like doing CrossFit, uh, starting off with CrossFit, like any gymnastics movement was eh, it's just not my thing. Just not good yeah. at it. Um, and I wouldn't really try that hard at it. And um, I would try harder with stuff that I knew I could do well. And that attitude, man, it, like you think you have it beat, but it just seeps back in because naturally we want to do what we're good at. And without yeah. either external forces pushing you or internal forces, what, I mean, whatever it might be, the awareness around your your own perception of excellence or whatever you want to call it you just have to be sort of moving towards those things that you kind of suck at and like I said Bones and I Bones has been programming my workouts for a while now and we had that conversation and I do a lot of shit that I don't like that he programs for me but and I know that there it's good for me but sometimes the workouts make me want to fucking cry because I'm not good (laughs) at it and Mm -hmm. it
0: sucks like it's almost like the brain wants to do wants to find things find the easiest way to do things and you resort back to that and i'm also wondering if maybe there's a point of just hearing you talk if there's a point of diminishing return in comparing yourself to your old self so we always say like don't compare yourself to others or the standards compare yourself to how far you've come Mm. i wonder if there's a point of diminishing returns and when that is to to kind of switch to compare well, I can't do a pull up. And most people should be able to do a pull up, pull their own body weight up. I can't run a mile in eight minutes or seven minutes or something, but I feel like I should. So, I, but I couldn't, I couldn't do a 12 minute mile like two years ago. But at what point is there like a diminishing return? Like, okay, I'm so far past my old self and so far progressed that I'm going to start looking at things that I have to fucking reach for. And that is like the standards of, whatever?
2: Yeah. I, that's a great question. When I think about that, I think of like where I was a decade ago. So I'm 30 where I was at when I was 20, the person that I am now wouldn't, I I wouldn't even recognize me. You know, if I was a 20 year old looking at me as a 30 year old, I'm healthier. Mm -hmm. I have an overall like better, uh, like better mental health. Um, I'm just more mature and, um, I compare myself a lot to that person now. I, I don't want to go back to being that person because being that person made my life really difficult for many years. Um, and but I don't. I guess I don't have a good answer. Like at what point is there diminishing yeah. returns? I I don't know. I think for me it's more like a cautionary thing. It's like can't go back there. Not going back there. Um, yeah. and trying to at the same time push forward and reach for more.
0: Yeah, I think you're there. I think the fact that we're talking about it is a good sense of that you're there and like bringing an awareness to it. And the fact that you mentioned yourself, well, I can't do pull up. I can't do this gymnastic stuff before you would have been. That's on some fixed mindset stuff where you're like, well, it's just not for me. And now you're calling Mm -hmm. yourself out on that. So now you're probably Mm -hmm. looking at these other things like, well, why can't I do it? Why can't I do these things I've never done before, even though my past self has been way further away from them? I'm going to start bringing myself up and comparing myself to other people that can do them because that's going to help me rise up as well. Cause they, at some point they couldn't do it either. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think you're there.
3: Yeah. I bones. I'm curious. Do you have any examples of when you may have embellished your own efforts to either yourself or to others?
0: Yeah, of course. Uh, I think during rugby, was, there was a lot of that where I felt like when I was, I was doing more than I actually was, um, whether it was on the field or in practice, because um, I, during, when we were playing rugby in college, I was the, usually the one heading, let's go work out, let's train, let's exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that sphere, I felt like, wow, I'm doing a lot. Um, but then once you get out of that and you graduate and you move on, I look back, I'm like, man, I had so much time to do so mm. much more and I didn't really take advantage mm. of it. And yep. I didn't really have an outside source or a source pushing me to show me the a little bit better way, specifically with rugby, like uh, a head coach mm-hmm. or another team, a uh, coach from another team or something. And to show me like, this is what we can do better. And this is more what you can do more. I was, we we're just like fucking winging it. You know, we we're just a bunch of college kids. So yeah. That for sure, but I didn't had no idea at the time. Um, and I think the other big one is in relationships, uh, where I feel like I'm doing a lot to like serve the relationship, but either my partner or friends feel like they're ignored or let down or 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 just not getting it mm-hmm. from me. Even though I feel like no, I am doing a lot, like I cleaned the fucking floors today. <laughs> like, you know, I'm doing a lot, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or I cook dinner or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, when really it's like it's missing because it's not what the relationship needs at that point. So yeah. for sure, for sure told myself like I'm doing a lot in either my friendships or relation, closer relationships. Mm-hmm. I think it's
2: man, we I think we all do this. Like all humans do this exact thing most of the time because it requires a level of awareness. To and really being able to confront your own bullshit, to be able to reach to that next level of effort and um, do things that are actually difficult for you, it requires a a whole different level of man, you're just not you're just not hitting it, you're just not doing the shit that you say you do
1: mm-hmm.
2: and What's going to push you to that level? And for some people, I mean, for some people, it's, you know, you have kids and you want to be an example for them. For some people, it's you want to be the best in the, the realm that you're in. And you got to find what pushes you into that spot. And really, those things that suck, once you do them enough, they become habit. Mm-hmm. Um, And that's what I've noticed. So like I said, this, this conversation that Bones and I initially had about a month ago, since then, I have made it a point like I'm at bare minimum going to finish the workouts that Bones sends me every week. And I've done that every single week since we talked about it. And on top of that, I picked up jujitsu. And on top of that, I started shooting uh my recurve bow in preparation to go hunting like I maybe in part I've thought a lot of times like maybe I'm doing too much like the fire hydrant is on and I'm trying to take it all in right now and maybe I'm doing too much but on the flip side of that it's like I have to do this I have time to do this what else am I gonna do sit on my ass and do nothing or whatever and I've also realized like there's been days where I'm really fucking sore and don't want to do anything but it becomes less of a question. Well, I got to go to the gym because that's the type of, you know, that's the type in my thought. Oh, that's the type of man that I want to be. Mm. That's the type of man that someday I want, you know, a child to look up to or for my friends to look up to. I want to be a man of my word. And um, that's been a big motivator for me is like, and even on the podcast, like, we talk to people. We talk to people on the podcast. I'm here telling people how I feel about shit and I'm not going to do what I say. No, mm-hmm. we're not doing yeah. that anymore. So it's yeah. it's just being able to take a look in the mirror or whatever and saying like, hey, you, you, maybe you're just not you're just not hitting it.
3: Yeah, it doesn't feel good to act out of alignment with the person you're becoming.
0: Yeah, it feels like a betrayal or it feels like you're letting yourself down and you wake up and it's like something's missing. It's a lot easier to talk about who you
2: want to be or the, the prospect of what can be. Mm-hmm. It's a lot harder to actually become that. The hard yeah. work, the grind that comes with like reaching that level yeah, is really hard and most people can't do it. They might be able to do it for a week or two, but a month, two months, six months, mm-hmm. a year, five years. That's when people fall off, and they can then you can say anything. You, well, I had kids, or I had this, or I had that. Yeah. And sure, there are there are definitely those struggles, but
3: mm-hmm.
2: at the end of the day, you have your vision of who you are, and there's no compromise, and you figure out how to to meet those expectations,
0: and mm-hmm. or you should at least. Mm-hmm. Sounds like, just setting out in discovering and discovering and putting out your core values as a person as a family. Or as a unit, whatever you want to call yourself, individual or a partnership, and and whatever comes up, falling back on those and letting those be your answer. Mm, so I like that. You know, yeah. if you have to wake up at five in the morning to go work out, well, I'm working out three days a week, so the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the same thing with food choices. You know, if you whatever whatever it might be, um, and just falling back on those and whatever that that tells you, that's your answer. Yeah. I've had a lot of nights lately
2: where I'll get home from work and uh you know working late or whatever and I'll think, "Man, I'd really like to have some whiskey or whatever." But I and then I remind myself if you if you drink whiskey, you're probably not going to go to the gym tomorrow. Like you I know myself at this point well enough to know if I do this, then I'm probably not going to do that. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing that. <laughs> so right. It's very simple. Yeah, exactly. Like then there's still time to have The things that you want, but at the right moment, because like today we were going to do some chore and we're going to hang out at home. And I knew like, okay, I can like relax and hang out a little bit Saturday night and enjoy my evening. And there's nothing wrong with that. It felt fine. Whereas if I was like, I got to get I got to get these workouts done or I got to do this and I wake up the next morning and I feel like shit and I don't do it. And then that become then then your cascading effect mm-hmm. happens because it's just the you know the shitstorm that follows.
3: I was, man, I was thinking a lot about how subjective effort is, and also how terrible um, our recall is of our efforts. So I'm thinking mm-hmm. of my experiences working with clients. I'll talk to them and they'll say, man, I've I've been sticking to my calorie budget. I've been getting eight hours of sleep. I've been working out every day and it's been three months and I haven't lost any weight. And I'll immediately look at data collection. And guess what? They're not collecting data. Mm -hmm. And so as a coach, I think one of the most powerful things I can say is that's great. Show me. Almost like, prove it, show me, track your food, Mm -hmm. track your sleep, track your workouts, and let's see, let's look at it. And there's usually a big misalignment in, in what they say they're doing and what they're actually doing. But I don't think they're lying to me on purpose. I think they truly believe and convince themselves Man, I'm doing all of this work and I'm not losing weight.
2: But that's that's the exact thing that we're talking about, though, is it's really easy to convince yourself that you're doing more than you are because you your your mind, you you wanna believe that you're putting in the work mm-hmm. to make the progress that you want to make in whatever whatever it is. But
0: it's I mean, that's just I think that's human nature. It makes us feel good it's a little dopamine rush it's it's our little it's our feelies right yeah and what what you said connor is that the data is everything Mm -hmm. it's everything if you have uh, what my mind went to is an in-body scan so if you have like data raw data Mm -hmm. right there this is it you gained weight well you gained muscle mass and you lost body fat right yeah you gained weight like it's not about in your feels so and like also with sleep so People are really bad at gauging how much sleep they got. Mm-hmm. People will tell you that they got. I got like three hours of sleep last night when they actually got like six. Yeah. There was a night last week that I woke up at three a.m. and I swear to God, I thought I was awake for like an hour and a half, just thinking over and over the same stupid thoughts. Mm-hmm. Had a song <laughs> stuck in my head. Going to go back to sleep. Yeah. I was like, man, I got like four hours of sleep last night, yeah. Jess. And I woke up. I had nine hours of sleep. I think I was just ready to go at 3 Mm a.m. It was crazy. We are such bad gaugers of our inner self and our inner workings and what we're doing. Yes. And uh, that can show up as like uh, what we're talking about with Corey, like the effort level.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So another thought I was having. This seems like cognitive dissonance, right? Like telling ourselves these untruths. What's what's this is going to sound like a weird question, but what's good about this? Is there anything good about this?
2: I'm just I'm just thinking, I think. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I'm 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 trying to think past my own personal experience because. The human psyche is really fragile and maybe you need to tell yourself, like, I got to the gym and I, you know, maybe I didn't put in the best effort, but at least I went. You know what I mean? Like there is that mm. like yeah. I didn't have the best workout, but I went through the motions and did the thing. And that's uh, some days that's all you can do. You know what I mean? Like I think there's a lot, I think there's a lot of that, like on a day that's super busy, kids are screaming, whatever. Hey, I did, you know, I did some air squats today or 50 push push-ups. Like you should probably feel pretty good about that <laughs> considering yeah. whatever it is that you're dealing with. Absolutely. So, You're making the best of of the situation and any effort really is better than no
0: effort. Mm -hmm. It really is. It comes down to like it's cognitive dissonance, but it's also positive reinforcement in a way. Right. So you're Mm -hmm. not talking down on yourself. We're talking about I feel good about what I did, but the problem becomes I'm not actually doing a lot. So that's where the problem is. But the problem's not being proud of what you did. So like exactly Mm -hmm. what you said, that's where I was going to go is that. Someone who is just starting off and trying a weight loss journey, uh, you should absolutely be proud of just just going to the gym. Mm-hmm. And well, I I cooked my vegetable, I cooked my meals this week. I yeah, had a exactly. lot of leftovers. Yep. I didn't eat them all, but I I cooked them at home. Um, stuff like that is like I absolutely drank, a, you should feel I
2: good. almost drank a gallon of water. Like yeah, I mean,
1: mm.
2: like you said, especially when you're first starting out. I mean, you gotta. That's the way to build those. Whatever the neuropathways pathways is that positive reinforcement because that feels good. Whereas telling yourself, Man, I didn't eat great this week, I had pizza once this week, I'm a piece of shit, but the rest of the week was really good for the most part, you know. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, having pizza one time during the week isn't really going to derail your progress, <laughs> and mm. it's so, um, it is, a, it is a, re- a really fine balance. There's a quite a interesting dichotomy between that because you do need to you do need to take like honest stock of your progress but also really reinforce the positives that you're that you are you know performing
1: yeah
3: that's interesting so what you're both saying is you're almost taking an optimistic look at your efforts to fuel your efforts
2: yeah And everyone's a little different, right? Like, it depends where you're at in the journey. Like, right now, I feel that I needed, I want to call it a harsh look. I wanted to, I want to call it like a realistic look at Mm -hmm. my actual effort, not my perceived effort, because my perceived effort wasn't getting me what I wanted. So then it's like, okay, what am I actually doing? Mm hmm. When you when you sit down and take a look and take stock of where you're actually at, what's happening. Mm -hmm. And so that's just awareness. And I'm not making progress. Mm -hmm. I'm not super happy with where I am. So and but here's the thing, too, like there's still a positive in that because me not being happy with where I'm at right now is so much better than where I was at two years ago or four years ago or Mm -hmm. whatever. And so even though I feel like maybe I slid back a little bit, that backslide isn't even close to where I was when I was at my best a couple years ago. You know what I mean? So like there's, there's my best now, or I don't know that I, I kind of, I'm getting myself a little bit confused, but there's a difference now between what I think is not enough and what my former self
0: thought was unachievable. Yeah yeah, so you're, you're not enough today is still way more than what two years ago thought you'd ever be capable of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? Exactly. So that's yeah, exactly. where like the blissful the blissful unawareness of the, our past self or whatever in that mm-hmm. instance, is is what you should be afraid of, is what you should try to like move away from. Being aware that right. you're not doing enough is a pretty badass situation to be in, because now yeah. you're like you've got gas and you're ready to pour it on the fire and ready to, to like make some fucking changes.
1: Mm.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: And that's how it always like with me, I I remember when I
2: finally had enough and I'm okay, I'm tired of being fat and out of shape. I'm going to get my shit together. That fire that the, like you said, pouring gasoline on that fire, it was, it was hot. It was burning. And, Mm -hmm. um, I've never really quite been able to replicate that because, that was just like pure rage motivation whatever you want yeah. to call it and now it's more like i know the things to do but i need to get over my own bullshit first because your own bullshit's always going to come back always mm-hmm. and the the person that you were 10 years ago 5 years ago is still there and you have to recognize that too and shake hands with them and say hey no I appreciate you. I appreciate everything you did, but like, you gotta go sit back down because I'm I'm in control of this team right now. (laughs) I have a chair. I have a chair. I have chair. King of castle. King of castle. King of castle. 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 (laughs) (laughs) You do this. You do this.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Tell your old self that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: But
2: like recognize, like being able to recognize your old self too, though. Like, thank you for everything that you did. I appreciate you. But like right now, it's time to go.
3: It's hard to get to that point where you can highlight that discrepancy. It's really hard to, the way you did, shine a spotlight on your actual efforts because it takes an incredible amount of self-awareness and reflection.
2: Yeah, and it's not fun to have that those realizations. I remember having these like thoughts and the realizations that I, and I'm like, man, that, this sucks. <laughs> like it's not yeah. super great, but it ultimately has been really good. Um, and I'm glad that it happened, but yeah, it it's not fun in the moment.
3: It's easier To live in denial or delusion, right? I think so. I, from where I sit, I always think I'm not doing enough. So, Corey will tell me, you know, you're doing great. Like, you're going to the gym, you're taking walks with the dog. And I'm like, man, I'm not doing enough. I just beat myself up constantly over how little I'm doing. And so, I have. My script is, is flipped the other way in that where someone might be like, man, I go to the gym every day. I'm like, man, I'm not going to the gym enough. I'm not, I'm not taking so much more. Yeah. I should be doing more all the time.
0: Yeah. You've always Mm -hmm. been like that Yeah, since I've known you. yeah, It's always been like, and it it, it can be destructive too, because we both know like the people pleasing aspect of it. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, of working in like the people business where you're serving people with their needs that are often similar to yours. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like, yeah, it can get very wearisome some and, and difficult.
3: Yeah. So I almost, it would almost benefit me to take the other side of this coin of looking at my efforts more optimistically to fuel my efforts. Because I don't have the issue of amplifying my efforts. Because I always downplay them.
0: So you're never doing enough. Whereas a lot of some other people, another group of people, would think they're doing enough. But they're not actually. But you are yes. actually doing a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But- I think maybe with, with a partnership too, this, it can get just not saying this is you guys, but it, pro- it does definitely exist where one person is saying, you're doing so much And you're you're like killing yourself over this or whatever, and maybe you're not, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? And that can be very stagnant too. So if if someone is like trying, like I I go back to fitness with it. If someone's making a journey through fitness, whether gaining weight, losing weight, getting strong, or whatever, overcoming a disease or something, right? A partner could be like, "Man, you're you're doing so much, and I don't get why you're doing this and all this other stuff when they've never been on that journey either." So Mm -hmm. then that person going on that journey thinks they're doing a fuck ton. And really now at this point, they're not doing a lot. So it's it, episode two, the superpowers, the first one's awareness. Yep. And if you can become aware, truly aware and have a good sounding board for someone else in your life to bounce this off of, that can give you honest feedback. That, yep. is, that is what everybody needs. Yeah. I'm going to share a quick story from uh,
2: mine and Connor's early relationship I so this was after I had left uh, my the social work field and I was working as a uh, just a short term worker training to be a ranger trying to get myself in shape so I could pass M. I remember this conversation that happened frequently. We'd be talking about training and like have a bad training session or this or that or whatever. And Connor and this is one of the reasons I love her. She would always tell me that like I'm doing really well and everything's okay and like comfort me. And I finally, we ended up having a conversation and I told her, I was like, I don't need your comfort because I know things aren't okay right now. I know I'm not good enough right now. And what I need is for you to push me. I need, if you're going to help me, I need you to push me and not tell me everything's okay. Because the little part of me, the core, the little boy, Corey wants to be comforted wants to be told that it's okay wants to be told that this is all fine your effort is good enough or whatever and the little pat on the head and go sit in your chair and here's a cookie and i like we all want that and so that was a a big moment for me and us to have that conversation because it becomes um more clear what that relationship needs to look like in with Mm -hmm. that thing. And it's hard to in relationships, it's hard to differentiate and have those conversations because we don't all have the awareness around it. And so having that awareness to be able to say, I don't need you to pat me on the back and tell me that I did great and tell me how it's gonna be all okay. Because it might not be okay. If I don't get my shit together, I lose my job. Mm -hmm. And that's the reality. Like that is the real shit and that's what I need right now. I don't need to be mothered or you know comforted. So um that uh, being able to have those conversations with a significant other or even like a friend like if you have a roommate whatever and those are valuable conversations to have like hey bro I need you to either support me in this venture or just don't talk to me. <laughs> I had that I had to have that conversation with my roommate when I started to get my shit turned around like don't ask me to go to the bar don't ask me to eat pizza hut like we're not doing that anymore i'm not doing that and if you're gonna do it i'd prefer you go
0: somewhere else to do it that's such a great point i'm glad he said that that's i mean because that would be an example of like you connor doing what she thought was best and like what i kind of said earlier like doing too much in a relationship or not enough like you could be Mm -hmm. doing just like what the wrong thing or what the person needs at the moment and I think yeah Yeah. coddling you and telling you everything's okay Mm -hmm. uh, when it's actually not right And that's what we want to do that's hard we want to do that in a relationship sure of course you want to make the other person feel better and then it's hard on your end too to be like have that conversation and open that up because the other person could feel hurt like what are you talking about I'm just Mm -hmm. I'm doing my job in the relationship maybe that's how they were brought up like love languages and shit right Uh, and you just got to figure out the best way to do it but you have to that's why you get the truth couch going you get the truth couch going you gotta sit down uh (laughs) the truth couch and you gotta you gotta have the conversation hard conversation nothing
2: that's said on this truth couch is gonna get we're not gonna be butthurt about it (laughs) yeah yeah
3: have honest have honest conversations and probably one of the hardest things you do in relationships is say this is what i value this is what i want and this is what I need." Those are really hard sentences to finish when you're talking to your partner.
2: Connor, I think you can vouch for this. You talk to so many people who say, well, my husband or whatever, they don't, they're not on board with, they do this, they do that. And it's like, well, have you tried to actually like have this conversation with them? Because most spouses, if you, I mean, if you have this genuine conversation, something is going to happen, right? Like you come to a, you come to a point and there has to be a catalyst of change. And let's say that this person is fed up with their life and they want to change shit. But the other one doesn't. And, but this conversation happens, right? Like something is going to happen. They're either going to come together and move forward together on a different path, or they're going to split apart. But like something is going to change. It's not the status quo is not going to remain. Your excuses are no longer valid. Something will change one way or the mm-hmm. other. And that again, circling all back that's why
0: these conversations are important yeah i absolutely will agree with you and i will say it doesn't always change though there are definitely plenty of like in the example of let's say the guy is popular guy doesn't want to do anything he wants to drink go to the bar hang out with the buds just come home and do do shit whatever he works all day wants to come home drink beers and be quiet watch tv classic lady or partner wants to make a change health isn't comfortable with whatever and and the way that their lives are going so yeah what you said she brings it to him he says okay i'm ready for the change boom they're both better that's like best case scenario but they're or she's like well he throws it back in her face and she's like okay well fuck you i'll do it on my own and probably leave your ass there is also a very like relationships it's just not rosy where she just gets brought back down to his level for fear of leaving or something like that. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And that can go both ways where the guys, so like that's it's, you know, I see, I only say that because I see it in families and patients uh, that I go into their homes with and it's kind of unfortunate, uh, but it is true. Like sometimes people don't ever change and then Mm -hmm. they die.
2: Yeah. But (laughs) I, I think that's where like, when somebody is motivated enough to have a like this t- serious type of conversation and i'm not talking about a conversation where it's like a yelling match or this or that it's like a genuine hey i w- i need to change my life or i need to do this i either need you to support me or do it with me or i mean whatever that's where i say like something will happen and whether it happens at that, that particular moment or down the line those those things build and like you said for me, it, it really goes one of two ways. Well, it could be three, really, but like, they, they break up. are they, they're not roommates anymore, or whatever the relationship is, they, it ends. or they get on the boat together, and great, everything's fine and supportive and whatever. Or like, the other person who's not trying to make these changes can at least validate and support the change. They don't necessarily like have to do the change, too. But like, hey, maybe like don't drink 12 beers and eat a large pizza right in front of me every day while I'm trying Mm -hmm. to do this. You know what I mean? Um, Mm -hmm. And if that's something that you value, then that then that's maybe a different question for like a marriage counselor or whatever. Um, But at that point, I mean, if if you're like a boyfriend, a girlfriend having these types of conversations, dump the shit and get out. If they're not interested in supporting your life change, like a valid life change like that it's time to cut them out. Like that's, that was a big thing for me is I had to just cut people out of my life that didn't support my life change. I was very like, if you don't agree or you don't support or you want to make fun, you're out Mm -hmm. bottom line, you're done, you're gone. And that was extremely beneficial for me until I could sort of build up, um, enough mental fortitude to be able to be around some of those people again. Mm um, that was okay. I, I was fine with that. And they, most people supported it, but some didn't. And that was fine. I just stopped talking to them. (laughs) They were just gone. Yeah. (laughs) Makes sense.
3: Yeah. This conversation really hits home because like you said, bones, we work with people all the time where we see relationship and family dynamics and how detrimental it can be. Mm -hmm. I think people have to you have to remember that it's an ongoing conversation and it's an evolving conversation because what often happens, like Corey said, is someone will say, you know, my spouse sabotages me. They bring home takeout from work every day and I'm really trying to eat healthy. The first question is always, have you tried to open up a conversation with them? And they're like, oh, you know, like, yes, they're very wishy-washy about it. It's like, have an intentional conversation with them and tell them this is what you value, this is what you need from them. And they have that conversation and then they'll be like, "Oh, you know, next the like a week later, he brought home Chinese again." Well, yeah, it's not a one and done conversation. You have to it's ongoing. It's ongoing. And
2: and it's also you got to be really tactful because you don't want to be naggy. You don't want to get yeah. to the point where the other person resents you. So it's really Tricky. You got to navigate that. It shit. is like these are Galileo. These
3: are tough conversations, but it's usually, you know, the other person changes hard for everybody. The other person is also dealing with their own eating patterns and choices and decisions that are on autopilot. You know, if your spouse has spent a decade bringing pizza home on Friday, they're probably not going to break that habit after one conversation
1: hmm wow yeah
3: this can go with anything i mean Corey and i we get sick of talking about finances all the time but we have to talk about it all the time because we spend money every day we have to talk about money every week and it's annoying
1: <laughs>
2: yeah but, but we do because, it because if we don't yeah.
3: it's because it's something we it's value. Yes, it's something we value. Both of us value our, what we're spending on, what we're saving on, what we're choosing to invest in. And when we don't have that conversation, then things get away from us.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. It's all ongoing. Even if you don't reach that catalyst to change from that one conversation, you can at some point keep chipping, drip, drip.
3: Yes. Yeah. Any any final thoughts on this topic?
0: What's some like take home for someone who's like, Oh, I've never thought of that. Am I doing am, am I am I doing enough? How do I gauge that?
2: Yeah. Like finding the space to be able to have those own, your own introspection so you can take a look hmm. at that. Yeah, I think that's a good. That's a really good thing. I'll just spit out a couple quick ones for me. Motorcycle time, um, because there's no other distractions besides riding. You, you're not listening to music, podcasts, whatever. So quiet time. What, for me, it's like motorcycle time is huge. Um, and then, um, like outdoors, hiking, whatever. Um, I find that both of those for me are great times to be introspective and sort of reflect on some of this stuff.
3: I think for me, it goes back to the data collection. I think the, one of the best ways to build self-awareness around what you're trying to change is track it. Honestly, Mm. track it for a period of time. So if it's workouts, track your workouts. If it's food, track your food. If it's sleep, track your sleep.
0: I love data, too. It's like the most objective. It doesn't care about anything. Yes. This is what it is yeah. and you can feel either one way or the other about it. Um, it doesn't uh, matter. It doesn't matter. it's there and and I honestly, learn from it, mm-hmm. so I love data too it's It's great. that's why I wear the aura ring. I think mine would go back to what I always say is meditation. I think that yeah, meditating and getting that alone time is is it seems almost too simple and too easy, and that's why. I think we put it off. Mm -hmm. Uh, A large part of us just put it off like, yeah, that's not going to fix anything. You don't know what it's going to fix. That's the thing. You have no idea until you stay with it for a long time. Mm -hmm. And meditation could be sitting in a chair, doing breathing and stuff, or it could be riding a motorcycle, or it could be doing a hike. Um, it Could be reviewing data, yeah, but it, those are very meditative yeah, for me. it's something that's meditative to you for me, it literally is sitting and breathing and breath work, mm-hmm. and I think that is the most beneficial to become aware of some things, and that's the thing is you don't know what's going to come up, but there's shit beneath the surface, and that that is what's going to bring it out. Um, so you can become aware, and awareness is the key to all of like getting this shit started so yeah, yeah, the last thing I'll say, um,
2: you make a really good point there's shit beneath the surface, everybody has their own stuff to deal with and um highly recommend trying to find it's kind of like at this point it's less taboo but even just like talking about it like go find a therapist that you connect with and you don't even have to it's not because you got abused when you were a child or this or that like it's not even about that but just gaining some of that awareness because we all have our things Mm -hmm. and we all have our bugaboos and it doesn't hurt to go and do some of that inner work. Um, It's not because something is wrong with you. It's because what could be so right with you if you just learn to deal with some of these things? Um, And speaking from someone, like, I had a good childhood. I didn't have, uh, you know, I wasn't abused, this and that. But spending two years with a therapist that I really connected with was worth its weight in gold for my growth and overall like awareness about myself. And so I would highly recommend that to anybody like swallow your pride a little bit and understand that like we can all use it. It's not, it's not a bad thing.
3: Great. This is a great conversation.
2: Uh, Real quick before we sign off, I want to just remind you guys, we uh, would really appreciate it if you left us a review and a rating Um, we really genuinely appreciate all of you listeners out there. We love doing the podcast and it's conversations like these that keep us coming back and we hope it keeps you coming back too. So let us know how you feel about it. Check us out on Instagram at the weekly warrior and, uh, Facebook at the weekly warrior as well, putting out some cool stuff, shooting arrows, lifting weights, all that
0: cooking food it's actually at weekly warrior podcast but you know whatever you'll find yes. us. there we go at weekly warrior podcast mostly just leave us a review and then that's it fuck off buy a shirt <laughs> 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 have a good week
3: all right till next time